Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, hello, my name is John. I'm part of the team here at C3. And I want to give a shout out to all our locations. So come on, give a shout in the room where you are. Cambridge, Bury St. Edmunds, Colchester, Church Online. You can shout out in the comments right now. It is great to have you with us today, wherever you are joining us from. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you're part of the regular family here at C3. We're so glad that you're connected with us today. Today, I'm going to continue our current teaching series, Who You're Gonna Call. We're looking at some heroes from the Bible, and we're looking at how we can learn some lessons from their lives. Today, perhaps you don't feel like so much of a hero yourself, but I want to encourage you to keep listening to my message because at the end of my message, I'm going to give you four practical steps to help you grow in your faith right now. I want to invite you to stand, if you're able, for the reading of our key scripture today. It's going to be in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus, he's just asked his followers, his disciples, this question. He's saying to them, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter is going to give his response. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. It says, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak into each and every heart right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take your seats. If you didn't guess from that, today we're going to be looking at Peter the disciple of Jesus, the key leader in the early church. But right here in my introduction, I want to introduce the tension of real heroes. If your view of a hero is someone who is perfect, who's never made a mistake, maybe you've come with a little bit of a Marvel mindset when it comes to heroes, you might begin to get a feeling that would be best described as, that's not quite what I was expecting. And I'm sure that's a feeling that we've all had at some point in our life. Maybe not about a person, but maybe about a product that we have brought. I remember when I was 11 years old, I was growing up in Ireland. It was long before we had smartphones like this with cameras attached, and I wanted a digital camera. They were still quite new, still quite costly, but I really wanted one. And LucasAid ran a promotion. They ran a promotion that went something like this. Get 40 bottle wrappers, collect them up, send us £10, and we will send you a digital camera. And I thought, here is my opportunity. I had one big problem. We, quite correctly, weren't allowed to drink too many sugary drinks growing up. So buying enough LucasAid bottles to get the wrappers was not an option. But I thought of... A solution. And Ireland, like any country, has its fair share of problems with roadside litter. 
So for the next two, three months, you could find me staring out the window of mum's black Ford Fiesta, gazing. And suddenly, I would shout, stop! Mum would do our best emergency stop. We'd pull in, I'd hop out, I'd grab a bottle, and there I was, I was litter picking, collecting my labels, all in one go. I made it to my 40 labels. We sent them off, we sent the money, and in my 11-year-old head, I guess what I was dreaming and hoping would arrive in the post was something a little bit like this. What I guess realistically I thought and expected to arrive was something more like this. But what happened and what arrived in the post two months later was this. It was not quite what I was expecting. And as we explore these heroes in the Bible, especially today as we look at the life of Peter, we might see some things that are not quite what we were expecting. But I want to lean into this today because I believe that through it, God wants to speak into our reality and remind us that he uses broken people. In the passage that we just read, Peter, Jesus, sorry, he gives Peter this awesome title. He says, you're Peter the rock, a strong stone that will be key to building the church. But up until now, he was known as Simon. Jesus gives him this new name. Now, it's commonly thought that Simon may have meant reed or wavering. So he goes from reed to rock. And regardless of whether that is the correct meaning or not, Jesus is clearly speaking something over the life of Peter that has not yet come into full fulfillment. It's not yet fully realized. He's saying, Peter, there is more in you and for you to do than you realize right now. And I want to say that word from God is not just for Peter, but it's also for you. God is saying over your life that there is more in you and for you to do than you can see right now. Why don't you turn to the person next to you, or if you're online, write in the comments, there is more. I believe that God has more for your life. And this is not just a self-help hype. I believe this is a reality of salvation. You know, just minutes before, Peter has confessed Jesus as Lord, as Savior. And when we do the same thing, when we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, it says that God, through his Spirit, is living inside of us. And that's why I can agree with the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, where he says, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will bring you to life. So I can stand here and I can look beyond your story, I can look beyond your mistakes, I can look beyond your circumstances, and I can declare with confidence that there is more for your life, not because of what's going on, not because of what you did, but because who it is that lives inside of you. There is more. I've got to calm down because I lost my voice last week, but there's four points I want to explore with you today. We're going to look at Hero Peter, number one. Uh, sorry, we're going to look at real Peter, number one. Number two, we're going to look at hero Peter. Then we're going to ask this question then, well, which is it? Before we wrap up with those four principles to help us grow in our faith. Number one, real Peter. Here are three ways that we see the realness or the brokenness in Peter's life. Number one, we see Peter the sinner. 
in Luke chapter 5, Jesus, he calls Peter. Just before Jesus has been teaching from Peter's boat, Peter is a fisherman by trade, but it's been a bad night. There is no catch to sell. He is just fixing up and hoping that he'll go again with a better result tomorrow. And meanwhile, Jesus is standing there in his boat teaching the crowd. And Jesus wraps up, he's finished, and he turns to Peter and he says, Peter, let's go fish. Now this is a bad idea because now the day is hot, the fish will have gone deep, this is not the right time to go fishing, but Peter says, if you say so, Lord, we'll go and have a go. And miraculously, they catch so many fish that the boat almost sinks as they bring it back in. And in that moment, Peter has a revelation. He has a revelation of something of the holiness of God and at the same time something of the brokenness of his life. This is what it says in Luke chapter 5 verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Here is Peter, our hero, realizing that there's some stuff in his life that is not quite right. It's not God honoring. Yet in the very next breath, Jesus focuses his attention on Peter. He looks him in the eye and he says, Peter, don't be afraid. Follow me. I want to tell you today, no matter your past, God has a plan for your life. No matter your past, God has a plan for your life. We see Peter, the sinner, but then we see Peter, the stumbling block. Peter, he follows Jesus, and as they journey together, Jesus is trying to explain to his followers that one day he will have to die on the cross, and that then he will rise again on the third day. And one day, Jesus is making this really clear to them, and it says this in Matthew 16, verse 22. It says that Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Peter is like, no, this is not going to happen, Jesus. Jesus, you're going to be king. And Jesus, he rebukes Peter and he says, Peter, you're becoming a stumbling block. See, Jesus, he knows that establishing his kingdom will come only through his sacrifice on the cross. You see, Peter, what he'd done is he'd put an idea of how things were going to work out in front of God's plan. And I wonder if sometimes we do the same in our life too. We start to convince ourselves that, well, maybe God isn't actually at work in my life just because God isn't working in the exact way that I anticipated. When in fact, maybe God is actually very active. Maybe God is actually doing exactly the things that we need. It just wasn't the way that we expected. So we've got Peter the sinner, we've got Peter the stumbling block, and then we've got Peter the denier. Jesus, he continues to fulfill his redemption plan. The soldiers, they arrest Jesus, and Peter, he follows on at a distance, and he finds himself in the courtyard as Jesus faces trial inside. And people start to look at Peter and sense something familiar, and they say, well, weren't you with Jesus? And Peter says, no. And then a second time, Peter says, no, before we pick it up in Luke 22, verse 59. It says this, about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, 
Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. Peter, who has previously said, I will die for you, Jesus. When faced with the consequences, compromises his commitment. Real Peter. You might be thinking, John, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm not going to be giving this Peter guy a call anytime I'm in trouble. But before we make that choice, how about we see the other side of Peter? When we look at hero Peter, I've called it. Hero Peter, number two. Well, here's three ways we see hero Peter in the scriptures. We could see more. But number one, we see Peter, the water walker. One night, Jesus is taking time to pray after a long day. His disciples, they set off across the lake in a boat. And as they're crossing the lake, they see Jesus start coming over the lake, walking on water to meet them. They are amazed. They are slightly afraid. This is a miracle that Jesus is performing in front of their very eyes. But while they are amazed, Peter is the one disciple who takes a step further. And this is what he says to Jesus in Matthew 14, verse 28. He says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came toward Jesus. Peter says, uh, Jesus says, come. And Peter, he steps out the boat. He begins to walk on the water to Jesus. Now often, we only preach this passage around the very next thing where Peter begins to sink. And we, we teach it like this. We say, oh, don't take your eyes off Jesus like Peter. Just fix your focus on him because that is how you will get through if you keep your focus fixed on Jesus. Now, I believe that. But before we allow ourselves to drift and maybe start to judge Peter then, we might be reminded to ask ourselves the question, where would we have been in this story? Would we have been found saying to Jesus, hey, ask me to come on the water and I'll take a step of faith? Or would we have been firmly seated in the boat? Because you know what? It takes real faith to step out into the unknown for something you have no context for understanding how it could happen or ever seen happen before to walk to Jesus. Peter has this real faith, even if he needs a hand from Jesus to help him stay afloat. Number two, we see Peter, the passionate preacher. After Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus restores Peter after his denial that we talked about a minute ago. It's a really powerful and beautiful moment as Jesus reaffirms his calling. And after Jesus then ascends into heaven, Peter steps forward on the day of Pentecost. And he preaches with real passion and conviction. This was the man who had once claimed he didn't know Jesus. But this is very different Peter. This is Peter stepping forward. You can read about it, Acts chapter 2 this week. Read about his message. 
because Peter isn't pulling any punches. He is going after it. He is declaring with boldness, with confidence, no matter what it's going to cost him, that Jesus is Lord and he should never have been crucified and that we need to repent and follow him. This is Peter, the passionate preacher. He is going to proclaim the truth no matter what the cost. Then number three, talking about hero Peter. Peter is the key leader and martyr. Peter does become a key leader in the early church. He is instrumental, as Jesus promised in that passage we read, to start with in building the early church, in spreading the gospel. He's highly respected among a group of leaders that are key leaders in his day. And while it's not recorded for us in the Bible, church historians almost universally agree that Peter was martyred for his faith. He did give up his life for his faith. You see, Peter, at this point in his life, has become strong and steadfast. It's a very different confession that he's making from the one that he made in the courtyard. He has decided that he will keep building into people's life, keep strengthening their faith, keep proclaiming the good news of the gospel, even if that means losing his own life. And that is powerful. So we've got real Peter, and we've got hero Peter. So number three, we ask the question then, which one is it? Is it real Peter? Is it hero Peter? Which one is it? Well, I want to suggest to you today that it is both. That Peter is what I like to call a real hero. See, I've presented Peter's life to you today like this because I want to help you through it to see the tension of transformation. A better word maybe to describe that would be to use a, a quite theological word, which is sanctification. It's a theological word which describes the process by which we allow God to work in our life to become more like Christ. You see, Peter is experiencing sanctification. Peter is experiencing a transformation from this rough yet fragile fisherman to this strong rock who will be a resilient rock in the building of the early church. And so I want to say to you today, I think we need to give Peter a call. I think Peter's exactly the person that we need to call because like Peter, we too need to allow God to transform our life. We need to look at real heroes. Real heroes like Peter, because otherwise we see the brokenness in our lives and we mistakenly convince ourselves that God would never use me. See, I believe God wants to help us see today that it's both. It's both. It's surrendering to the process in which he's helping us become more like him. And at the same time, it's seeing that right now, God has a plan and a purpose for us to fulfill. Now, it's both. You know, it's both in your life. So you shouted on your kid, at your kids on the way to school and you want to be a loving parent. You watch some inappropriate stuff online and you want to have a pure heart. You made a decision somewhere that has somehow compromised something of your integrity and you want to live God's way. You see, it's both. Hear me. I'm not 
justifying sin in any way. God wants to help you move forward from that, to find freedom from your sin. But in the brokenness of your life, God has a plan and a purpose for you right now. And I hope you hear that and I hope you can take that on board. If we were to head back to Matthew chapter 16, where we started reading today, where we read about Peter being given this name, The Rock, we would see that in the context, Jesus gives Peter that new name before his denial. I find that so powerful because we might think, oh, well, Peter will get a new name once he starts to get his life in order, once he stands up and preaches passionately, once he's ready to stand on his faith, then he's going to get a new name. But that is not the order in which Jesus works. Because I believe that Jesus wants us to see that we will never live in a new way while living under an old identity. I want you to hear this today. You will never live in a new way while living under an old identity. Someone listening to my message today, you need a new name. You need a new name because your identity is not defined by your darkest moment. It is defined by your saviour, Jesus Christ. You need a new name. I wonder what names that you have been living under in your life that, you have not, that are not fit for your future. There are some names you've been living under that are not fit for your future. You might have been living under this name. I'm a failure. It's not fit for your future. I'm weak. It's not fit for your future. I'm fearful. It's not fit for your future. I am unlovable. It is not fit for your future. Jesus looks at you and he speaks a new name over your life and he says, you are Peter. Your identity is not defined by those things. It is defined by who I say you are. Someone this week needs to get their phone. They need to send a message to someone else in church who's watched this message and say to them, hey, Peter, they'll get it. You're living under a new identity. You know, a few months ago, I found myself thinking about a name that I unconsciously lived under myself. You know, one thing as I've gone through my life, I have struggled at times in my life with fear. And I started, I heard myself one day as I spoke to someone say, fear is something that I struggle with. And I said it in such a way that I said fear as my identity. And I got home and I began to think about that. And I began to let God speak into my heart. And God said, you need to stop identifying with fear as your identity. You need to live under my new identity. Under the freedom that I have given you. Does that mean I'll never struggle with that again? I don't think that's the way it'll work. But I do know that I need to live under a new identity in order to go forward into the future that God has for me. So as we receive our new name, as we embrace this tension of transformation, I wonder how can we begin to grow in our faith? Well, here are four practical principles for growing in your faith that I believe we find revealed in the scriptures through the life of Peter. Number one, you want to grow in your faith? Here's the principles from Peter. Number one, drop everything and follow Jesus. You know, when Peter made the decision to follow Jesus, he had to leave some things behind. He left behind his boat. He left behind his family. He left behind the village and the area that he knew was familiar. He left it behind to follow 
Jesus. Now, God might not be asking you to relocate, although he may. You need to hear God's voice for that yourself. But I truly believe that if we're going to grow in our faith as we follow Jesus, we need to surrender everything. We need to drop everything and follow Jesus. That's hard because that means that there's some areas in my life that I've got to turn over to Jesus that I might have tried to hold back until now. And I truly believe this for somebody listening to my message today. There are some things in your past that you, like Peter, need to leave on the shore and never return to. Drop everything and follow Jesus. Number two, you want to grow in your faith? Number two, spend time with Jesus. You know, Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples. He's present at some of the most intimate moments in Jesus' ministry here on earth. And I want to say this, if you want to grow in your faith, there is no substitute for spending time with God. And that looks like for us our spiritual practices. That looks like us spending time in the Bible. That looks like us spending time praying and worshipping God. And that's why Peter himself could write in his first letter to the church in 1 Peter 2 verse 2. He wrote this, he said, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up. Everybody say, grow up. You may grow up in your salvation. If you want to keep growing in your faith today, I want to encourage you to develop a, a craving for the presence and the word of God. Number three, you want to grow in your faith? Step out. Step out. Peter, he steps out of the boat. He steps forward to preach on the day of Pentecost. And I believe that there is a space in your life where God is inviting you to trust him. To step forward in faith. To trust him even though you're not sure that you've got everything that it takes. You're not sure that you've got it all together. Because if it's God's command, he's going to provide what you need to step forward. And God's inviting you to step out in faith. Maybe you need to step out and invite that friend to church. Maybe you need to step out and sign up for the C3 Academy next year. Maybe you need to step out and sign up for a C3 group today. Maybe God is inviting you to take a step of faith and growing in our faith. And following Christ will always involve steps of faith. So number one, we're going to drop everything and follow Jesus. Number two, we talked about how we need to spend time with Jesus. Number three, we talked about stepping out. And then finally, number four, we need to allow God to change our heart. You know, to grow in your faith, I believe that there's some ways of thinking, some views of others where God desires to change your heart. Peter, in Acts chapter 10, he has this vision. And God uses it to see if Peter was willing to allow him to change his heart. You can read that vision this week. See, Peter had this limited view at this point for the gospel. He saw it as primarily going to the Jews. But God you know, knew that Christ's salvation, Christ's work on the cross was for all humanity. And God is working on Peter's heart and he touches Peter's heart through this vision. And Peter ends up taking this trip and preaching to a group of people that would never have otherwise heard him preach the gospel. And you know what? We too can get entrenched in ways of thinking that are not aligned with the heart of God. Even as Christians, we can begin to follow a cultural or a political view above a kingdom revelation. But if we want to grow in our faith, 
And if we need to allow God to change our heart, to change our heart so that it begins to better reflect the heart of Christ. I want to encourage you, I think Peter's a guy we need to give a call today. Because sometimes we need a reminder that it's both. And just like Peter, the rock, I believe that God is speaking something different over your life. Something new over your life. I believe that God is inviting us in the middle of our brokenness to not only experience his transforming power in our lives, but also to play our part in his mission right now. My time is gone and I'm finishing. But I just want to finish with giving you these two questions to reflect on as you go away from here. Number one, where is God inviting you to play your part? I firmly believe that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And I believe that Jesus' primary way of outworking his mission is through the local church. I believe that's why when we read in that passage about Peter, Jesus says of his church, he says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I want to ask you, where is God inviting you, even in the midst of your brokenness, to play your part right now? Maybe you've stood on the sideline for too long, putting some different excuses in the way. But I believe God right now is inviting you to play your part in his mission through the local church. Where is God inviting you to play your part? But number two, where is God inviting you to experience wholeness and transformation? Where is God inviting you to allow him in, to touch and heal some areas of your life? And I pray is that we reflect on the life of Peter today, that we would allow God to bring that healing and transformation into our lives. But that equally, right now, we would also step forward and play our part in building his church. Because it's both. It's both. I'm going to hand you back to your locations. May God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.